Love doesn't lie or expect you to live one. What lies do you believe about love? I'm Zara Hairston, an author and relationship coach who helps mistreated women struggling with toxic attachments to set boundaries in unhealthy areas so they can maintain their personalized emotional growth goals. Welcome to my podcast, What Kind of Love Is This?, where I uncover common deceptions that lead us to accept what isn't even love. Brought to you by ZaraHairston.com. This podcast is not a substitute for counseling or therapy. It is intended for informational purposes only. Hey, Truth Tribe. I've been thinking about how I want to address you all. And I realized last podcast, I referenced you all as, quote, this tribe of us on the journey to living and loving in the truth. And I was like, oh, I like that. But since there's too many words and I don't want to address you with this long sentence, I simply stuck with two of the 14 words being truth tribe. Because after all, even though love isn't in the phrase, love is truth and truth is love, right? Another thing I wanted to mention was I caught a mistake in the last episode, number five, telling you to go back and listen to the very podcast we were already in. My apologies, I actually meant in that episode number five to go back and revisit episode four on a monthly basis. I mean, you can revisit any of the episodes as much as you'd like, especially if they motivate or help affirm you in an area of need. Matter of fact, I would strongly suggest that, you know, sometimes there are podcasts that I listen to um, that I kind of like will save that episode or keep that episode in mind and go back to it if, if I need you know, some affirmation to help push me a little bit. But anyway, since that episode number four set our entire foundation of this podcast and this journey that we're on, I thought it was kind of crucial, vital even, to highlight the importance of revisiting that particular one for the reasons I stated previously in that episode. Now that that's out of the way, Welcome back to a new week, a new episode of my audio podcast. The lie we're going to deal with in this episode is still nothing is changing. And this is part two. So go back and listen to part one in order for this part to make sense. But to refresh your memory, though, We have briefly talked about the change cycle and how there's this natural tendency to resist change because it's not what a norm, like anything that's not normal for us or that we have to do different. There's going to be a little resistance. Some people got more resistance than others. And some people will even resist any and every kind of boundary you try to set because inside they usually have not gotten past the place that, if healed, would allow them to. So in other words, you have some people that have a growth mindset. So even though everybody usually resists change, that's a normal thing. But some people that have a growth mindset, even though they resist, they recognize, hey, this is for the better. They kind of, you know, move in the, move forward. Other people, even in seeing that something is better, they're stuck somewhere. Like something is blocking 
a trauma usually is blocking them from seeing things correctly. So they don't have a, a growth mindset and they kind of like stay where they are and they want you to stay right there with them. And because you have a growth mindset, there's a conflict. You want to move forward. They want to stay. Y'all keep fighting. Boom. And that's the place where a lot of people on the other end of that resistant person stops. They give up. They're like, I guess this just can't work. And they say nothing's changing. They stop trying to set the boundary right there at that place. The place that is a lot of times the only place where real change in a conflicted relationship can spring from. In other words, if you stop right there at that place, the very place where the change usually takes place, you won't get to experience the change you actually desire. And I also encourage you to consider that resistance may be a sign that change is being activated. I just wanted to give you a little hope. I'm not saying that everybody is going to change. But what I'm saying is that don't confuse resistance with the fact that nothing's changing. When resistance is a sign that change is being activated, it's just like, are you going to move it along in the right direction to inspire that change? Or are you going to give up because they're resistant? You being tempted by fear to stop trying or you shrinking back because they're resisting change and pushing back. Those are not you know, concrete signs that nothing is changing, but they are actual signs that change is being activated. Now, remember in part one, when I told you this would all make sense once we got to the end of this two-part talk, also to listen closely for the points in the change cycle that you relate to and the emotions associated with them, Well, today we're going to get into those change cycle points one by one so you can see how you relate and whether you've experienced the emotions associated with them. And you probably have because this is based on scientific research and evidence. Um, So listen closely to see where you are in the cycle and pay attention to any emotions that rise up in you when I clarify them because that could indicate how close you are to change. That could be something that, like a place where you need to stop and examine and assess so that moving forward, you can experience change if you, you know, redirect that energy or attach a plan or a strategy to it instead of just doing what you normally do, what you're by habit used to doing. Oh, real quick too. When I mentioned in part one that, quote, if we could just get to the end of the cycle instead of getting stuck and starting all over again, just to get stuck at the same point again, we could finally experience change, end quote. To clarify, by end of the cycle, I meant ending it, breaking it. The end of the cycle is to stop it at a certain point because after all, A cycle only continues. It doesn't end unless you break it. So I want to see if you know, once I give you these points, at what point it can end. So listen up because you probably never even realized that this is something you've been in for 
what feels like forever. And, you know, knowledge brings understanding, which then can help bring new choices. And when you make new choices, you can see an experience change. So I hope that me bringing this to the forefront can help you maybe identify where you are, what you may by have my what you may by habit keep doing that you need to change in order to experience change. All right, you ready? Let's discuss six common points in the change cycle. Now, within the change cycle model, some have a varying number of points, meaning some might have less than six points or more than six points. And some even call each point a different name. But I'm going to give you my version of what I believe is most efficient and simplified in regards to our truth tribe. The first of six points in the change cycle is upset. This is where it starts. You need something to change that you're not happy with. I mean, obviously you're not happy because you don't want to change nothing you're happy with. But you kind of repress it. You repress it. You stuff it. You you just, you don't really say nothing. Why? Because you know who you're dealing with. And usually people that are toxic get mad at you when you express your feelings. And you simply expressing your feelings results in an argument where you get blamed for having very valid, legitimate feelings. You know, like they just go off. It's like, oh, gosh, here you go again. Are you so insecure? Or you don't know how to submit? Or it's always a problem? Are you just so disrespectful? Or you don't respect me? You know, they just they throw all these jabs at you to get you confused and you kind of forget what you were even saying because now you're trying to process everything that they're saying about you that's called gaslighting making you feel guilty for seeing something that is evident and true and they kind of downplay it like it's not happening so because you don't know how to interact or you're just tired of fighting or you don't want to argue you just deal with it that is until the second of six points in the change cycle arrives and you what go off you've had enough you feel like you just can't take it anymore either it's simply built up or something traumatic happens and again by traumatic I don't mean necessarily like a car crash or you know I mean maybe just an explosive argument that has made you feel even more confused maybe the gaslighting has increased to an all-time high where you just don't even know what's real anymore and you feel like am I crazy am I did I am I not seeing what I just saw like I I I don't even know anymore and that happens because of you tolerating what you're not happy with their actions exhaust you and you feel like if you don't do something you're going to lose it if you have not already and that's the second point And soon follows the third of six points in the change cycle, which is you putting your foot down. This is the point where you make it loud and clear what needs to change. You say things like, I can't take this no more. I'm not doing this with you anymore. 
I won't tolerate blank anymore. And you can fill in the blank, whatever that thing is that indicates what the boundary needs to be set. Enough. And because you didn't really think it through and you exploded out of emotion, another emotion runs right up on your declaration and takes over and enters the fourth of six points in the change cycle. Shrink back. Here's where, at this point, fear takes over. The high of your upset wears off and you struggle with believing you can even set a boundary with them because it seems hopeless and you feel lost. You know, it's like you had this inner adrenaline because you were so upset and without that adrenaline, you just feel fear. Like the adrenaline was giving you confidence that you lack because if you had confidence and you loved and you valued yourself, you wouldn't tolerate it. But you've been kind of conditioned probably and groomed into this place where you feel like it's your fault that it convinces you, man, you know, I don't know if I can even really do this. And many of you, you weren't you weren't like that before. You didn't used to be like that. But this relationship, you don't it's like you don't know why you behave the way you do in this relationship. Like in this relationship, you have this shrink back, you have this lack of confidence. And if you look at the history, you probably be probably been groomed into doubting yourself. They probably said things to make you have low self-esteem, to make you think they know better than you. Just look at the history. These are mechanisms to um, kind of coerce you into allowing them to mistreat you. Because if you don't have value, if I can break you down as a person, then I you're going to allow me to do what I want to do. You know what I'm saying? And so that adrenaline comes up because that's that, that's that prior you that had that confidence before they kind of like start playing with it and manipulating you and doing all these mind games that's still in you so that adrenaline like it 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 pushes you to have a little bit of confidence to just kind of feel like I don't want I can't take this no more but again because you didn't have no plan and you didn't have no strategy which a lot of times you need a friend who's really supportive and who's going to hold you accountable and who's going to remind you or a life coach who has some experience or a counselor um, to kind of like ride with you through that wave. Um, at, at that point, you kind of need that because they're going to resist and you've lost confidence. You know what I mean? And you need people that support you to help build that confidence back up so that you can deal with it. But Again, at this fourth point, you shrink back because you've forgotten who you are again because without the adrenaline, you just you just don't know. So now you feel scared. It's like, who are you to set a boundary? That thought comes from, again, them probably grooming you to believe your needs are not valid because they don't validate them. You also might think things like, how am I even going to do this? Again, because you didn't have a plan or a strategy. You were just so tired of it all. You blabbed out of that exhaustion without really thinking it through. And it's okay. Like, we we all go through this. You know what I mean? So it's not that you can't do this, hold them accountable to your boundary, but that your foot down may have come prematurely. So you allow their resistance to scare you into this 
what you think is a comforting thought of complacency. It's more comfortable to go back to what it was uh, than how uncomfortable it was before. Even though you saw the discomforting place exactly for what it was when you were upset. And some say, well, how do you do that? How do you, how was you so upset? You you might even have had a friend say this to you. Like, how are you so upset? And now you just, you, you just, you shrinking back. You do that because that's the fifth of six points in the change cycle. And that is where you forget. Yep. For the sake of fraudulent, quote unquote, peace, you have a sudden memory lapse and self-sabotage by forgetting how bad it was at that second point where everything they did ushered you into the place where you went off. That fear is so strong, especially if they're making you feel like you crazy or you know, see, you don't know how to talk to me. It ain't even that serious. You know, they just downplay everything you have to say. So you actually believe the lie that your toxic situation isn't as bad as you thought, even though they haven't changed. Even though you recognize that makeup session was fake and not genuine. And and I'm going to tell you why it's fake and it's not genuine. Because trauma in childhood is so common we often don't realize it's the very thing destroying who we are as adults. To move past it, we have to go back to where it began. It came to pass, book one, in the beginning. Visit itcametopass.com for more information. That's it came the number two, pass.com. People can bring you flowers and candy and cards and all this little cute stuff, especially toxic people, when they feel like you might be moving in a direction that they don't want you to, or you're around a friend who who does have confidence and does know their value and, ins- and inspires you to do the same thing. They kind of will stop the negative behavior just for a little bit to kind of trick you. And so you get upset, they might, you know, let me just hurry up and smooth this over. Let me get some candy take you on a date do whatever but it's fake and you you, that makeup session ain't genuine and it's not genuine because they never truly apologized like a true apology comes with confession I did this to you they are pointing out what they did I blank you know fill in the blank it also comes with admission I admit that was wrong I admit You know, I was doing that out of just selfishness or I was doing that out of pride or ego or, you know, I was trying to, I was, I was trying to manipulate you. It also comes with them wanting you to hold them accountable so they don't repeat their mistakes. So they don't keep hurting you all over again. And so when that apology that comes with confession, admission, and like this accountability. Like, look, so that I don't hurt you in this way anymore, this is what I'm going to do moving forward. That might be, you know, whenever they do it, y'all have like a word, this thing that is wrong. And then they say, you know, I'm, you're right. I did it again. I apologize. I'm going to turn my behavior around by doing this right now or next time. 
if they don't if if those parts of a true apology don't um accommodate the flowers and the date and all that you know stuff that doesn't really matter without change behavior there's no real no true and no genuine change occurring so the same situation that built up to you that built up to you going off now becomes okay because nothing really changed, but they're making you feel like it might be a change because they're just trying to smooth things over. But as soon as they get comfortable again, it's going to be right back. It's not this, they're going to do it again. But again, you're in point five of the change cycle, which is, you know, forgetting. And so you trick yourself into forgetting and you think it's really not that bad I'm okay and that kicks you into the sixth of six points in the change cycle which is rewind you by giving into that fear that made you suddenly forget revert and backpedal to the original habits that quote-unquote keep the peace which is not peace because it's momentary it's a temporary cover-up in between two things and those two things are the next time they cross the line and the next time you get upset and round and round you go again in the cycle from one to which is upset to two which is going off two three which is foot down i'm not doing this no more two four you're shrinking back again two five you forget again two six you rewind and around and around you go and you know what if you don't end the cycle what do you think happens do you even know where the cycle must end if not i'll help you out at point three that's where you put your foot down but in a in a better terms with a clearer thought it's you setting a boundary so right where you get upset and you kind of go off and then you set put your foot down that needs to be where you're setting a boundary and setting a boundary is simply clarifying what you need to change not want but need to change but this time it's preceded with a strategy beforehand so that when you get to that point four where you might have the tendency to shrink back because you don't know what to do because you didn't have a plan. Um, now, because you do have a plan and you have a strategy, you won't necessarily shrink back. So you shrink back because you're like, oh, snap, I did this and now I don't have no backup or I, I, I didn't really think far enough ahead to figure out what I was going to do next. You sit down, you have a strategy and you say, look, this is how, this is, this is what I want. These are my needs. This is how I know they've been met or they haven't been met. This is how I know that um, there is real change occurring or this person is working towards a behavioral change. And this is how I can identify it. And we've made it clear, you know, that's basically how you're mapping out that plan 
to keep the boundary set. Look, I'm not saying it's not going to be hard. I'm not saying that um, you're not going to feel guilt. I'm not going to say you're not even going to feel like you're doing something wrong. Because again, you're dealing with a person who is not, doesn't have a growth mindset. If they did, you wouldn't even be going through this. So it's clear that someone with a, that doesn't have a growth mindset is, is going to resist. And it's usually because of some trauma blocking them. So I know from experience, that's hard. I've had this issue, um, you know, as a daughter, as an adult daughter with a parent, you know what I mean? Like, I feel you. I'm not, you're not alone in feeling like it's hard, but you have to, you have to change the pattern up if you want it to change. You can't keep doing the same thing and expecting a different result. You, you want to look at what usually happens when we have a, you know, breakdown. What is this person going to do next? And then they might apologize and, it, and it's not sincere. And so, and then what happens? And they give me something or they cry or they do. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta assess that because just like, you know, when people go to war, they have a strategy and they're studying, you know, how the enemy moves. Not not trying to call this person that you're in a relationship with the enemy, but there is an enemy working through them to get at you. You have to know those moves and you have to be prepared for them and you have to have a strategy to combat them so that you don't get overtaken by this situation. So again, setting a boundary is simply clarifying what you need to change, not what you want to change, what you need to change. But this time is preceded with a strategy beforehand. And by the way, you can go to my shop to download a free change cycle model. You just kind of put it in your pocket. It's like a visual just so you can look at where you might need to make changes in between when you're getting kind of stuck. Like, let me look at this. Oh, snap. This right where I'm at. And you can create your strategy out of the cycle to end it. Just kind of like pulling that out and just looking at it. You know what I mean? Um, But what happens is if you don't set a boundary, clarifying what you need to change, proceeded with a strategy beforehand and man, and this is the, this is very important, manage that boundary on a day to day basis. You can't set the boundary and then think you don't have to manage that every day. It's like if you were a manager and you had employees, you can't tell them what to do one time and then you never have to remind them again or manage it again or make sure that it's happening you every day you come in you're the manager you have to make sure that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing that's how your boundary works when you set it it doesn't end there you have to manage it on a day-to-day basis until the change occurs you got hey look you know what I mean you can't give up on that that's where a lot of people stop because because of the resistance So you have to manage that boundary on a day-to-day basis, even when it's hard, and especially when they resist. Because the resistance is a tactic to get you to stop managing the boundary so they don't have to be accountable to what needs to change so they can keep mistreating you again. Remember that. That's, That's all it's really there for. It's not because they they don't have the ability to change. That's their choice if they don't want to change, which should tell you something. But that resistance is not like, oh, this is just too much or you're necessarily being unreasonable. That's not the case. It's they want things to go back to how they were when they had you under their control. And it's just a matter of time before you experience 
tragic loss of self, where you're just a shell of a person with no real life or joy. Where you're just kind of, when you don't manage it and you just kind of let it go and you kind of just like give up, you lose what Yah created you for. Like you have a purpose. Your purpose is not just to serve this person for the rest of your life. Your, your purpose is not just to make this person happy for the rest of your life. Anybody that wants, you know, their life, you to revolve around their life is acting like a God. And we're not supposed to have any other Elohim before Yah. You know what I'm saying? So that in and of itself is disturbing. Where everything has to revolve around this person. You can't have anything for you. You can't have real joy. You can't have real purpose. You can't walk. Every, it's like everything got to be about them. And so when you kind of give up, you they become a God to you without you really realizing it. And now you're just serving all of their needs, which Yah is a jealous Elohim. And he don't really like other people being in his place. So you just become a shell of a person and or you lose something else in your life you know i've i've talked to people who have um been in situations like this and they lost opportunities because maybe the person held them back and they didn't want them to experience anybody else having any adoration for them you know what i mean like they just lose 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 look back over your life with this person are you always kind of losing out (sighs) that's not healthy Listen, I know that fear can feel crippling. I know you've got your eye on some distracting benefit of staying in the cycle, especially if I'm talking to somebody who's a mom out there. Um, and you're, if you're married to somebody like this and you're like, look, if I set this boundary, this might affect the kids or, you know, they're toxic. They, they might try to do this, this and that. And like I told y'all last episode, if you're if, if there's assault involved you your boundary needs to be you getting the safety right away and sometimes not just physical salt if they're just assaulting like your life where you just getting to a point where you're feeling like really hopeless where you can't even function right get yourself to safety get yourself to safety but again I understand that crippling feeling of fear and feeling like, you know, something distracts you and you think that something is a benefit by you staying in the cycle. Sometimes that could be children. And that is actually less important than you're able to realize in the moment. Like, sometimes people feel like, well, I need to stay here because because of the children. But when you think about the impact that this has on them and when they grow up, how that's going to spew out of them is it really a benefit you know what I mean like this situation is teaching them things that you don't even realize they picking up on behavioral traits toxic traits that they're picking up so is it really a benefit you got to consider that and maybe you've been led to believe this is all your fault or you deserve it and that's another reason why you might just kind of give up or deal with it But what if I told you that you matter? Maybe nobody's told you that lately. Maybe you're so used to hearing how this is your fault or you dramatic or you are making a big deal out of nothing or you're insecure. 
or whatever the, the case may be that you forgot that you matter, that you are important, that what you want is important. Maybe you forgot that what you want is important and you can do it. The other side of the struggle is so worth it. And this is coming from someone who's made it to the other side. Some people have come with me over here on this side, but some were, I'm going to be honest, they were left behind. People that, you know, many consider are supposed to be close and be in your life forever. And again, I came from a, a religious background that taught me to tolerate any and any and every kind of behavior because that was the love of Yah. I realized that wasn't true because I was, I was suffering. It it was, some people think they have depression and they have like all kind. they have anxiety and they have, all, and it's not them that has it. It's the relationships that are toxic, that are causing that in their life. That's instigating when they are not in those environments, suddenly they don't have anxiety or depression. And so I had to come to a realization in my own personal life that I can love myself too it's not just about me just loving you and anybody that wants my life to revolve around them is wanting to be my idol and scripture clearly says that that is no other Elohim before Yah no other and so this is coming from someone who again like I said has made it to the other side some people have come with me and like I said in part one some were left behind blood relatives for my sanity so that I can operate as a vessel of Yah and fulfill my purpose. Because see, some of these people were draining me to the point where I just dealt with horrible emotions and thought it was me, but it was their involvement in my life that was actually creating that kind of energy. But either way, I'm living proof you don't have to stay stuck on repeat in that cycle. And if you don't keep that boundary set, they're going to do it again. Because again, like we talked about, if there's no real change, they're just going to rehearse what they always do. Whatever it is that they haven't changed, you can count on them doing it to you again look you have a choice to make and sometimes that means making it daily that choice you make is yours though not theirs some of y'all like oh I'm just I'm waiting for them today I just I'm waiting for them. you stop waiting for them they've already shown you they're not going to do anything different so the choice you make is yours, not theirs. Take your power back. It's up to you to make your request known. Their response and behavior will tell you just where you stand. Because after all, what kind of love refuses to change for the better even if that means losing you. Remember, love doesn't lie or expect you to live one. 
I'm Zara Hairston, sending you the comfort of truth. Thanks for enjoying this podcast. Do you need more individualized support to identify, overcome, and prevent toxic attachments? Your need and my expertise might just be a match. Go to zarahairston.com slash coach me to find out. Yeah, bless.